So we're here today with Allison Austin, the owner and lead broker of Lodestone Real Estate, and Lizette Markham, who's her business partner in charge of client experience. They're working to change the way realtors do business and love caring for their clients as though they're family. Together, they are revolutionizing the relocation model and bringing a fresh take to it there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and beyond. So, um, you know, Lizette, Allison, thanks for making the time to join us. Um, So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit who you are, where are you, how big your company is, how long you've been in business, just a little, you know, prep for for who we're talking to today. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us. Um, We are Lodestone Real Estate. We're a residential real estate company located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, We hang our license with Costello Real Estate and Investments here in South End neighborhood. We've been in business since 2012. We currently have eight members of the team, but we're working to grow that strategically. Um, I personally am a transplant to Charlotte. I relocated here with my husband from Greenwich, Connecticut. My background is actually in institutional advancement with independent schools. Um, And I grew up in the business with my family renovating homes um, and decided to make it a full-time career when I came down here. Um, And have been loving it ever since. Yeah, I'm also a transplant, although I'm from the other coast. I'm actually from Southern California. And I came with over a decade of experience in marketing. The majority of my career has been in real estate, both on the commercial and residential side, uh, very much focusing on, on lifestyle. So it was a perfect fit partnering with Allison and Lodestone. So, I mean, when we so we met the you know sitting here with Jonathan and Keith and you know y'all on the actually here we're doing video um you know we met in New York a, uh, a couple months ago uh and one of the things that we we left with that conversation was your concierge uh service is you know tell us a little bit about your concierge service because we were kind of blown away by what y'all do uh for for your clients on a day-to-day basis yeah so we decided to to sort of level up the ideal broker experience, right, which is just great customer care. And what we did is we looked at what we found brokers in the industry do really well and what can be improved on. We took that with our outside of real estate experience and just customer relationships, our corporate background, and we, we created a concierge program that our team utilizes for both the buy and the sell side. So some examples of some concierge services for, say, the buy side would be taking care of all of the moving parts that's outside of the actual transaction, right? A predominantly um, strong point of our business is relocation. And so we find that the concierge services are both buy and sell equally, like both clients utilize it. However, it's very heavy on the reload side. So for people coming in that are purchasing in Charlotte, they're not only bringing themselves, right? They're also bringing their families, which include spouses, children, pets, and sometimes even multi-generational, right? Their families follow with them, grandparents and so on. So it's my job as concierge to take care of those moving pieces, like helping coordinate the move, making sure that the fur babies have vets and groomers, um, that the spouses is com- are comfortable, and the children are, are taken care of. And that's kind of an example of the buy side. And on the list side, my concierge services tend to blend between the customer experience as the seller and then also the customer experience as the buyer um, getting ready to purchase from our seller. I make sure that both experiences 
are top level so that the house sells quicker and that um, the seller is comfortable with all of, again, the moving pieces involved with the transaction, like the showings and making sure that their dogs um, or cats and or children are comfortable during those showings, making sure that they have somewhere to go on those open houses. Um, and yeah, just overall the, the, the experience of it. So that's great. I mean, we can tell you from our conversation in New York and, and now that you have passion for this. Why, tell, tell us why you're so passionate or what got you so passionate about customer experience in this process. Um, I'd say a large part of it for me is coming from a nonprofit background. Um, I spent a good portion of my life helping to care for other people. It's something near and dear to my heart. And as I got to work on the real estate business with my family first, we did things in a certain way, and my parents were very adamant that you always did the right thing, um, that you took care of others before yourself. And so just expanding upon that, when I decided to go into real estate full-time, I saw a lot of people doing it the way that I didn't think it should be done. Um, and there was a really big stigma and a negative connotation surrounding the real estate profession. And I just decided, you know what, why not make it better? Why not make this a positive experience? I personally love buying and selling homes. My husband and I flip houses here in Charlotte. Um, so we move quite frequently. Um, and I was like, it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be stressful. So let's really take care of people and make sure that they want to come back and work with us time and time again. Allison, if I can ask you, you know, with your work that you did with um, institutional advancement and and you know, the nonprofit world, you know, the relationship or the, the similarities between the way those organizations really had just established long-term practices of taking care of their high net worth donors and, and individuals. You know, you want to talk a little bit about kind of how you, how you saw those two fitting together when you got into real estate? Absolutely. Um, you hit it right on the head. It was a very easy transition for me as a director of development, I had to really focus on building these relationships because many of the families were with us for up to 12, 13 years. You've got a long time to build a relationship and you've got to be able to move a family through that pipeline successfully, but also to do it time and again. Um, and so I took a look at that sales funnel, as we would call it on the development side. And I said, all right, well, if I look at real estate, it's not much different. You have a client, they come in, they, let's say they start as a buyer. They buy their first home with you. In Charlotte, the average time frame between first-time home buyers moving on to their next house is about three and a half years. So now I've got three and a half years to nurture that relationship and then move them into that next house. And now I've got a sell and then another buy. And I knew from previous experience in the fundraising side, if I do a great job with one client, they're going to tell all of their friends about the experience they had with me, and then it's going to make the process of getting them to give a donation that much easier. So why not apply the same thing to real estate? You do a great job with one client, and all of a sudden you've got a huge network of referrals. Um, and it was very important for me to focus on this because I was moving to Charlotte. I didn't know a soul here. I didn't have a sphere here. So I had to build it from the ground up. We uh, we talk a lot here, and these guys have, have heard me um... – talk about this a lot about um, experience with kind of comparing a trip to Disney with the real estate process. Um, and so the real quick 30 second overview is, you know, 
families save for years to go to Disney, and the average cost of a family trip to Disney is about $8,000, and they save for years, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime event experience. And, you know, if you sell a $300,000 house, you could potentially pay your realtor equivalent to what you're paying for a, you know, trip to Disney, which people remember for the rest of their lives. So that's one thing that motivates us here is thinking, not thinking that realistically that we can make the real estate experience equivalent to a seven-day Disney vacation, because that may be a little bit unrealistic. But thinking in terms of, of costs and expense or investment for a buyer or seller of the, its equivalence of what can we do um, to make this a memorable experience for a buyer or seller. Do you have any, you know, you're bringing experience from from prior careers. Do you have any um, any brands or businesses that you're paying attention to uh, out there that that motivate you or that inspire you on a on a regular basis to to you know to provide services or, or experience for your clients? First, Jonathan's reading my notes because my, one of my questions was, "Where do you look for inspiration?" He's cheating. He's cheating. Uh, well, you 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 took mine. So I'm a huge Disney fan. And Allison's laughing because there's actually um, there's a training that the Disney Institute has um, started, partnered with. It's called um, Agent of Excellence, and it's a training program for realtors to um, to uh, to explore how realtors can bring the Disney service right to realtors. So that said, Disney is actually one of our biggest inspirations on in, in terms of of the concierge side, because we have a list of things that we do, right? Some of which many brokers do, some which we find very special, like taking care of their DMV um, appointments when they come into town, um, scheduling tours for the kids. These are all things that can be mimicked. But I think what we bring to the table and Disney also brings to the table is the vibe, right? You, you asked Allison a moment ago, where she saw her background coming into play. And what I have experienced watching Allison bring her experience into real estate is her very calm nature, right? Especially with high network individuals, that calm presence is always appropriate. And I find that the overall vibe that we are calm and um, well-skilled and yet at the same time fun and all-encompassing of the family, we think about every little piece of the process for every single member of the family involved, mimic what Disney does. And so they continue to be a, a big inspiration. And I know I feel like I'm cheating because you said Disney first, but you took well, mine. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to actually hop on a different Disney train for a second on this one because, well, we kind of go once – you, once you start on Disney, you can keep going, right? The um, – so what's what's interesting is that in real estate we certainly we have clients and our clients we want them to be happy and we want our clients to to talk to other people about the great experience they've had with us. But what I find fascinating in real estate is there are also those people who you don't even know are referrals, but they're watching the transaction from afar. They're they're kind of seeing something else happening and they're they're the neighbors who are watching the the under contract sign go up quickly, or they're the coworker who kind of hears you talking about the the showing experience or the inspection experience and what took place when you were in your process of moving and kind of the concierge level service you do. And what's interesting is we have an agent who uh, is down in Orlando, Florida right now and is not there for Disney. Um, she was going for, for another reason, but she put on Facebook that one of the greatest joys was being on the airplane, going to, Di going to Orlando. And when the plane took off, hearing just squeals of joy from every child on the plane. And the reality is she's not even thinking about going to Disney, but this, 
just being in the presence of people who are going to and are excited about it and that vibe you're talking about, that it put her in a position where she wanted to go on social media and talk about how excited everybody else was about Disney. And I think that's what's neat about what you guys are doing is that with the concierge stuff, you're going to be visible in so many different ways of uh, in in manners that you weren't really intending that are certainly just offshoots and positive um, kind of referral basis for, for that piece. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think the one other comment that I'll make about um, what you're doing from a concierge standpoint is we had a uh, we had a speaker who was an executive at Disney come in in 2018 for our annual um, uh, Nest Summit and told some just great stories and some of the that you are that you may have already heard but one of the stories that he told us was um, one of the issues they run into at Disney is people come to the Magic Kingdom and they're so excited in the morning and they park their car and they go into the park. And then at eight o'clock when they're coming home, they forget where they parked their car. And there's constantly people that are that are lost at the end of the day, right? They're, their they're kids are screaming, parking, they're, they're exhausted, lot. they've got, you know, Mickey uh, ice cream cone all over their face. They, they just need to get their kids home into bed. And they're panicked because they don't remember where they are. So Disney saw this trend and they anticipated the they anticipated the problem now. And so that they can now the, the Disney staff in the parking lot can say, Well, what time did you come in? And based on the time they came in, they can tell them which parking lot or which row that they're in. And so kind of anticipating the problem, Disney's anticipated the problem, just like you've anticipated the problems of the hassles of DMV and the hassles of finding, you know, vets and in, in, in things like that, and, like yeah. things like that, which you don't think about when you're so excited about buying a home. You don't when you're going into the park at Disney, you don't think, oh, my gosh, how am I going to find my car at the end of the day? You just you're just set on, you know, seeing Mickey Mouse and the princesses. And that's all you're you're focused on. So kudos to you for anticip anticipating those, you know, those kind of seemingly minor touch points that at the end of the day can really make a difference in the experience. Thank you. So, so as, as, as you, as you grow and as, as, you know, speaking of this concierge thing, it sounds extremely, you know, one satisfying, profitable, labor intensive. How do you make that scale? I mean, as, as you grow your team and you do more transactions every year, how do you scale that up so that there it's seamless and, not just the clients are satisfied and they feel great and they keep talking about it, but y'all stay sane as well. Um, so a large part of it is finding more people like us. Um, you know, it seems a little simple. We know it's not that easy. We're certainly working on it. Um, if we can find someone who could literally clone us, you know, I think that conversation could come back on the table. We'd be happy about it now. Um, but no, we, we do realize we need to duplicate ourselves. And, um, you know, for me, a lot of it has been the shift from making sure that we approach some things a little differently. So, for example, when we started on this, I was doing everything from start to finish. So I come, I meet the client, I'm touring them in the city. Um, you know, Lizette's coming, sitting down. She's talking about the concierge pieces. Um, then they come and if they're renting, we help them find a rental and then maybe do another tour with the family members now that they're back. And so there's all these layers to it and all of those take a lot of time. And one of the things that we realized was we need to be able to scale and use leverage in a better way. So we now have someone whose sole purpose is to give tours to these candidates and the families. Um, so it alleviates that stress for me. Um, it allows me to focus on the, you know, further down the line portion of they've already chosen Charlotte. Now let's make sure we really get them where they need to be. Um, Lizette's in the process of 
uh, interviewing and training people for um, additional concierge roles so that we have more than one Lisette. Um, one of the things we've done in the interim is allowing other team members to step in. And so Lisette will kind of give her daily, here's a list of needs, you go and physically get them. Um, we're utilizing online shopping tools a lot more than we used to. Um, we have a great connection with local vendors. And so we're able to reach out to them and say, hey, here's kind of what we need. Um, let's, how quickly can you get it to us? Yeah. So to hey, step by, yes, it absolutely can scale. And the way to scale it is to leverage not only the existing vendors, like our moving vendors, to rely on their services as part of our concierge services, but also to hire and duplicate what's already working and then put some more back-end infrastructure. Because a lot of my concierge requests are uh, require research, right? Mm -hmm. So I find that my highest and best use is client-facing and someone else could be doing the research behind the scenes. Allison, Allison, with your, you said you had, you've hired somebody now who does nothing but, but tour your incoming clients and, and expose them to all that, that Charlotte has to offer. Is that a licensed agent that you're, you're working with, or do you all have somebody who really just knows the area and is, is just a great tour person? Um, no, it is a licensed agent. Um, I always like to be extra cautious and make sure we're all following the same guidelines. Sure. Um, especially with relocation clients, they tend to ask questions that would not be federal fair housing approved. So we want to make sure everyone's following the same <laughs> protocol. Sure. Um, but no, it is, it is someone who is um, licensed because all of our client facing positions, whether it's tour guide, rentals, buying, um, you know, everybody who touches the clients, they're all licensed agents. What's I mean as you've built this um, your business really based on client experience? What's the what's the one story that sticks out in your head and on a, on a regular basis? The one kind of moment that you're proud of or a, an experience that an, that a client's had that you've helped to provide that you're that you're really proud of? Um, for me, it was actually a client we helped last year. Um, it, it was a family of five who was relocating here from Texas, and the wife came and met with me. Um, about a month and a half before they were supposed to move here. And she was incredibly stressed out. Um, they had already interacted with another realtor. It was a very unpleasant experience. And so I knew we really had to knock it out of the park to wow this person and just make her feel supported. Um, I spent two days uh, touring the city, showing homes with her. She brought her parents along. Um, and one of the children, and we pulled out all the stops. You know, we really, we made sure we had toys in the car, we had snacks, we had everything ready to make this a wonderful experience. And I was so happy because about an hour in, I finally saw smiles on their faces. And so we knew, all right, we're going in the right direction. Um, when they ended up purchasing the house, their move was delayed another month. And so we made sure we kept track of the house. I would go by every few days keep an eye on things. We had our landscaper come um, because of the time of the year. There were a lot of leaves on the ground, so we had the landscaper come and clean up the yard for them. Um, we had food and drinks ready when they arrived, and Lizette was kind enough to stock, you know, some of the necessities, paper towels, toilet paper, that sort of thing. So they didn't have to worry about getting settled in and where they were going to find it that first night. And they were thrilled, and more importantly, their children were happy, right? And so the parents were just that much more thrilled. And I think I think that story 
resonates sort of across all of our success stories. And one of the reasons why is because instead of spending marketing dollars on, say, purchasing more leads, what we choose to do is we take that same marketing dollar and we invest it in our current clients. And that's how we're able to, on move-in day, feed them, give them not only some basic essentials for move-in day, but also some curated items. Like she said, they had small children. We knew they needed to be distracted. So we made sure we came with food and toys, right? So that's just one of our success stories that I think we're, we're super proud of because they were a very stressed family. And at the end, they, were, they forgot all about the beginning stress. You know, talking about how y'all are alleviating the stresses on these families, on their lives, making their transition to the Charlotte area a better and more effective uh, transition. How do y'all maintain your 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 sanity? And you know, we don't live stress free lives, but how do you maintain balance between you know your life, their life, their stresses, your stresses? I mean, tell us a little bit about because we talked briefly about mindful business practices. Uh, in our prep call. So tell me a little bit more about how y'all establish balance and also how you lead that balance for your team. Yeah, absolutely. So we know because we've, we've been in the industry long enough. And I think that this, that anyone in, in the service-based industry, right, can relate to stress is going to happen. And when you truly care about your, your craft, in our case, real estate, um, you, you will connect to the buyers and the sellers. And sometimes what connecting means is internalizing that stress. So what Allison and I have had lengthy discussions on is instead of trying to train our brokers to actively, you know, ignore the stress um, or act like it's not there, what we've done is we've had, con um, we've had candid conversations about how the stress is there and that's okay. And then what we do is we teach them and we coach them around what we call mindful practices in business, which is exactly like you said, having some sort of balance. And that can be anywhere from encouraging um, our brokers to take moments of, of rest throughout the day. And one way that we do that is we, we have our team meetings provided with lunch. And it's not just all work. We take moments of gratitude and wins. Uh, we laugh, right? Just, just, just mindful pauses throughout the day, and we do that. We do that to encourage them to do it when they're away from us as the leaders of the team, right? Um, in addition to that, we find that our brokers, right? They hear us a lot, especially Allison, the the leader. As much as as much as we love her, right? Um, it's hard to take the same advice over and over. So one of the things that we do to encourage mindful practice is we have experts come in. We've got one that I'm super proud of that's going to come in. She's a lifestyle coach that has a background in dealing with healers and teachers. Um, she's worked with um, people that are in paramedics, doctors, all of those sort of things that, that get what we call empathy fatigue. And she trains them around being able to cope, right, and, and be able to handle it and not burn out. So we have experts like that come in, and those are just a couple of pieces yeah, and then for me, one of the other things that I really live and breathe is just still with that nonprofit background. So another way I carry it into this is I ask the agent what charities are near and dear to your heart. Um, and every year they get to select their their charities that they believe in. Um, this year we are supporting one of our agents. She is a cancer survivor. Um, and she's doing an event um, around that. And so a portion of all of our closings goes towards that charity. 
Um, you know, I want to really support them personally and professionally and make sure that they realize it's important to have that balance. Um, and if you don't, you know, that's when you see the agents burn out. And so we don't want that. Yeah, we truly believe that burnout is avoidable. It starts with client expectations so that the client, because I think what a lot of brokers don't understand is that if they simply made the ask, their clients are, are very reasonable human beings, right? yeah. <laughs> um, You know, if you let them know, don't call me at midnight, <laughs> they're not going to call you. They're most likely not going to call. And again, it goes back to the tone and the vibe, right? You have to have a very um, kind yet assertive tone with your clients. And it's something we coach our brokers around that, that, hey, I am absolutely going to serve you to the best of my ability at the highest level of service. That said, I am a human, I have a family, and these are the boundaries. And said correctly, um, they, will, they, will, they will appreciate it, and they will most likely listen. And, again, when they don't, we've got coping mechanisms in place to handle that as well. Yeah, I mean, that, and so for me, that was one of the hardest lessons to learn you know, years ago is it, setting those boundaries and those expectations. And now, I mean, a couple of years ago, I finally wrote a client code of conduct that I send to my clients and say, Here's my, here are my boundaries. You know, I, I forget the hours. It does, it, the hours, I think, don't even matter, at least for me. I think that I say I won't respond to an email after, or, or a phone call after 7 or 8 p.m. at night. But if we're in the middle of a negotiation, I'll absolutely we'll, we'll have that conversation. But setting that expectation up front I think is critical where they they'll they'll send me an email at nine thirty, but their expectation is that they'll get an answer tomorrow. So I think that it's a matter of, you know, again, coping, setting expectations, understanding this is a business and that most professions, if you text somebody eleven forty five at night, the expectation is not there that you're gonna get a response in the next three minutes. Well and we are constantly stressing with them too. You know, you really need to under promise and over deliver. If you promise your clients the world up front you are never going to meet or exceed those expectations because you've set the bar so high for yourself that it's impossible. So you can't be responsive 24 seven because right. there's just no way to do that. Um, and so we just tell them set clear guidelines up front, explain to them how it's going to work. And when you set those expectations, we find the clients are calmer. They don't have as much stress around it because they know what to expect. And we have excellent communication too. So, I mean, one of, we, we actively avoid that stress with our, with our brokers because they're trained from conception that if a client is asking you something, then there's room for improvement because they should have known before they had the yeah. question. So we have a lot of, of infrastructure in place to overly communicate and then dial back for the, the high D personalities that just want the bullet points. So, so speaking of expectations, um, I want to shift gears a little bit. Tell me what your expectations were for uh, for Inman Connect in New York, where we met, and and how your experience was um, at that conference. Well, that's the wild card one. All right. Um, <laughs> so, I will be honest. Um, I had low expectations coming in from the standpoint of Lizette's laughing at me. I am not a tech person. Um, I am so old school, and so that's part of why this relationship thing works for me. Um, but so when you tell me tech conference, I immediately hesitate, and I'm like, okay, this is all going to be over my head. I'm going to have to sit here and make Lisa translate it to me. Like, what are they talking about? What is this app? Um, but I was pleasantly surprised that it really ended up being a reassurance that we're doing the right thing. Um, because here were all of these people who were running teams and running these tech platforms up on stage saying it all comes back to relationships and it's all about that client relationship. And so hearing that was very rewarding. Um, 
and honestly, we made some great connections. You know, we met all of you, and we met some other great um, industry leaders that we now have um, added to our network. And so that's a huge win for us because it helps our clients who end up relocating out to other areas. We now know who to send them to. That's great. So in, in kind of wrapping, um, this podcast is uh, called Sweat the Details. What's the one detail that you sweat on a, on a regular basis? Ooh, um, we, could, we could probably name a few. Um, I'd say for me, my biggest one is making sure my agents are okay. Um, you know, I went through this. Um, I started with a very different perspective um, as, as a agent, as part of a team, I had people supporting me and looking out for me, but I certainly made the same mistakes that our agents make, you know, their first transaction through of just devoting every waking hour to it and trying to work through that. Um, but I, you know, these, these agents are like my children in many ways. Um, I truly care about them and I want the best for them. I really want them to succeed. I'm investing a lot in them financially, emotionally. Um, and so that is my biggest concern every day is how are they doing? Do they get enough sleep? Are they taking care of themselves physically, emotionally? Um, and, you know, are they having the types of conversations with our clients that we've trained them to have? You know, is it all flowing seamlessly? That's probably my biggest detail. I sweat every day. Cool. Well, uh, Lizette, Allison, thank you so very much for making the time for us on a, today's Thursday, on a Thursday morning. Um, we really, really appreciate uh, the time, the conversation, the notes that I've taken that are going to helpelfully make my practice better and more professional in how, in how I, I, I approach clients. So I'll just say thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. It's awesome. Great to catch up again. Have a great day. Thank you guys very thanks, much. Thanks, y'all. If you know any agents looking to move to Charlotte, let us know because we are hiring. And we welcome your input. Will do. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. Thank you, gentlemen. Much gratitude.